0: Webcology show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. We are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey
2: Dave, from Pete's Talk, SEO, this is Jim Hedger from the Media. We have an amazing show for you today in about three minutes. In about three minutes, we have one of the most exciting, animated, entertaining guys in, uh, well, it... In the industry, and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to tease you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you in two minutes who we have coming up. Dave, we have we've been on a roll recently. We've had uh, we've had like a string of great shows the last few weeks. This is going to be another one. How are you doing today? I am doing
3: fantastic and better uh, from the show we have lined up, and and for those who listen off, then we're going to have to push our news segment back um, because we've got a, an exciting guest with some. Exciting news, and I know I have a whack of questions. Jim, you've got to have uh, probably even more, if anything, um, than I have for uh, for our guests. So I, I'm really looking forward to this and have been all week.
2: arranged for 20 minutes, eh? but secretly we're going to hand up to the <laughs> chair in the studio and keep it here. And then we're going to put him to work and make a whole bunch of money. Yeah, that's my plan anyway. Um, okay, a couple, a couple of things before we get into the into the show itself. Um it's uh, it's Christmas time for me. Uh, Toronto Mayor Rob Ford has um, left office. I
0: can't get a hold of you.
2: And is um, on his way, well, right now he's on his way to to rehab. I really do hope he recovers and gets out of addiction. And then I hope he goes to jail. Um, I needed to get that out of my system. I got to tell you, the, the story broke at like 9.50 last night. I was just... Um, Relaxing into uh, no Netflix. Did you see that? What happened yesterday? Half the the large web was down, eh?
3: I know. That was just crazy. It seemed like every time I was trying to go somewhere to find something, uh, I was like, and I'm on a major I'm on Google, for goodness sake, in the AdWords area, probably the most protected area because that's their revenue. Uh, It's down. Expedia is down. Netflix is having problems. It was just just crazy.
2: The weirdest thing is, there's no news about it today. I've been looking for it, trying to, you know... You'd think mass outage on web. That's rather newsworthy, eh? I, I would think. Nothing. Crickets. Yeah. Apparently, we're the only ones that have covered it, and even we don't know why. So, <laughs> Well, I think it's because you, me, and Christine were the only ones who either noticed or were affected by it. Everybody else on the web, they got perfect service. It was just the three of us. <laughs> that, that seemed, and, and Rob Gagnon. Rob Gagnon was having problems, too, according to Facebook. But everybody else on the web was just fine. Weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's a little curious. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those NSA glitches. It, it, it's got to be. Christine and I have had that... Uh, hacker talk going back and forth a little bit too much <laughs>
3: Well, um, they, and they know that i switched on a little bit on net neutrality softened a little more to your uh, to your side so maybe it is a punishment
2: and i can't say i blame you too okay we've ragged the puck enough it's um five minutes after the hour it's time for the big reveal we have waiting in the wigs actually you, you you might have heard his voice a few moments ago we have somebody who uh Well, okay, tell you what, listeners, if anyone who's listening live, you want to see something pretty awesome, right now, go to the AimClear blog, that's aimclearblog.com, I'll I'll give you a sec. I hear you typing, I hear everybody (laughs) up there typing. Okay, there you go, that's pretty awesome, huh? Alright, we also have something pretty awesome to share with you today, more specifically, someone pretty awesome. Hey, Dave, you know what? I know five people who've had life-size cardboard cutouts made of them, but I only know one. I only know one who people will ask to autograph that life-size cardboard cutout.
0: <laughs> we, we, we have OMG. OMG, Hedger. Exclamation point, exclamation point, period, period, period.
2: We have on the line a man I consider a mentor and for the time being a friend. <laughs> 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 the Okay. The recognized thought leader in the social media marketing world, ladies and gentlemen, in search bots of all sizes, we have Mr. Marty Weintraub joining us on WebCology today. Marty, welcome here.
0: Hi, thank you for having me. How exciting is this?
2: Well, uh, almost, almost as exciting as we hey, announced uh, in the Duluth News Tribune on Tuesday that AimClear was getting into
0: something that you're calling social journalism.
2: That's
0: how exciting this is. Yeah, we're basically doubling our office, and the entire third floor of our building is um, essentially a 5,000-square-foot video production facility that can broadcast live to any channel that accepts streaming, multiple cameras, virtual set, a soundstage, banks and banks of lights, enough PA system to like do a 100-person rave. Um, um, a <laughs> recording studio. Basically, we'll be able to do anything that a television station can do, basically.
2: Okay, let's. Well, my- on Tuesday, in, uh, again, in the, the Duluth uh, News Tribune, a story on AimClear appeared that, that caught my attention. Marty is getting into it, and Marty is, is taking AimClear into what he calls social journalism. To do that, as, as Marty just said, he has constructed this better-than-state-of-the-art sound system where we're going to be holding all of our search bashes from now on. Um, <laughs> on the third floor of his, of his building. Is this in Duluth or, in, or the, the office in, uh, in Minneapolis?
0: It's in Duluth. It, it, it's in Duluth. We're, we're building out the third floor of um, Nine West Superior Street in Duluth.
2: Okay, so, so let's, let's break this down um, component by component. What is social journalism?
0: It's a really interesting question because we call it social journalism without really checking to see what conventional wisdom is. People have a, If you Google social journalism, you'll find pages and pages of results. It's usually associated with community action type behavior. Wikipedia says that it's a media model consisting of a hybrid, a, a combined role of professional journalism, contributor and user-generated content. Um, you could... Consider all of social media, personal journalism, however. Let's break this down. Um, When we do social media, either as individuals or as companies, we go out into the world, we document what we see, we create text, we broadcast it live uh, or, or afterwards in channels like Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube or blogs or forums or, or even if it's private, even if we're texting it to someone. But the point is, is we're out there gathering information and sharing it. Um, if you think about what television is, what television news is, since it, or newspaper news, or the history of journalism, what you have is you have people going out into the world documenting life and commerce around them and then sharing it by publishing in whatever channel is significant in the day the point is if you want to really kick ass social media person find somebody that's a reporter for a news show <laughs> that, like social journalism all of, all of social media is personal or corporate journalism all of it it, the skills are the same, and uh, there's going to be a migration of people that come from those skill sets, folding into agencies that help companies do social media. Kind of a no-brainer, really.
2: Okay, is this is this more than just helping uh, a company, a corporation, or a business tell its story?
0: Um, um. Well, uh, yes and no. If you if you look at it and boil it down to its like total essence, then it's just. The professionalism with which you bring a corporation or a person telling their story. But if you're a reporter or an anchor or a producer or a, or a, or a video um, a videographer, Think about your tasks when you go to work. You go onto the field, you gather footage, you go back to the editing booth, you um, reduce that and cut it down until you have the essence of it, which by the way, is just another way of saying crowdsourcing. Uh, then you package it up, you put bumpers, you make it like a, you, you make it an event. You give it to somebody and they broadcast it on the television news. Um, really, what's different about going and covering a conference with Twitter? What's different about that and doing video interviews at a conference? What's different than taking the client you have that makes piping materials and going to the HVAC convention and interviewing thought leaders? There's, there's really no difference except for the professionalism you to it. No, I, I, I've got to ask. I mean, yeah, there was a great example.
3: Uh, that that was actually listed on on your interest in going to, for for example, um, Darfur to cover the climate change conference. Great, to- totally yeah. get it. The the big question, of course, has to be for our listeners here: What's in it for the client? Um, like what what is it, you know, creating say a, a video of of and, and I know you have a plan here, of course, but um, for our listeners, it, you've created this great video. What's its purpose, or why would why would you go to this conference to cover everything? What's in it for the client?
0: Oh, that's really a great question. Okay, well let's rewind just a little bit to the paradigm before people did that with video. Um, and let's draw the analogy to our own industry, the online marketing industry where you have amazing bloggers and blogs Trade publications of various sizes, ranging from boutique, niche kind of publications to larger publications. And what we do is we go to conferences and we cover right as journalists. If you're covering a conference, you're a reporter. Essentially, you're you're adding value to your publication by providing technical synopsises. Some up How do you say that? You write a technical explanation. And think about what happens. You say 25 speakers' names. You say the name of four different blogs. You cite three to seven vendors in a couple of days at a conference, and you publish it in your blog. And every single one finds out about it, every single one. Um, so they come, and they learn about it from their reputation monitoring, and they come and check out your publication. And if it reflects on them in a favorable light that's not great, then they share it with their uh, users. And so it could be said with the written word in blogs, if you want to create engaging content that galvanizes the community, then the best way to create engaging content is to uh, be engaging. And we've all been doing that for years and years and years with the written word. Somebody tweets something and you don't go retweet at so-and-so, duh. You go, wow, why do you think that retweet so-and-so statement? Um, so it's the blogger's acumen that makes social media marketers really cool. Like, we, we do things. we We... We answer things people say with questions, and we answer answers with questions, and we curate content, and we provide editorial value, and every single content analogy that you think of for the written or the picture or the spoken word just applies totally to video, just in another dimension, just another, a, a, um, a, a richer media. So there's almost no difference whatsoever in the types of content strategies you put together for video versus the spoken word, except that it's richer, it's deeper, it's more colorful, you can do more things. There's another dimension to it. Well, so, I, I, so, I guess that leads me to a, to another question, Marty.
2: Um, and I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but... Um, you you said a moment ago that it's uh, very much like traditional journalism, again, except richer, you have more tools to work with, and a uh, likely a larger potential audience. I was at a conference a couple weeks ago reporting for Webmaster Radio, and a I was put in a really uncomfortable position. Somebody I considered a friend resigned from his position as chair of the ClickZ conference and did so in a um, fairly brutal way. And it was my job to cover that, because I was the guy on the ground right there and then. In the world of social journalism, what, what would you do about that? I
0: mean, sometimes you have to
2: cover something you don't want to cover,
0: but it's your job. Well, it's not my job to do it. When, when we say social journalism, it's selective. It's your job, because that's your mission statement for your content, people, I know the event that, I'll tell you what, um, Jim, I listen to your show um, often, but literally when I heard that that was announced on your show, I went there, because that was the place I could learn about it, and we're speaking to somebody I respect a lot, who's a friend that I care about, and so that's your job, because when you write down the three sentences after the headline for your show, you go, and we bring you the coolest relevant shit now when we hear it, that's our job. That's a promise that you make to your users. But I don't make any promise like that at all with Aimclear blog. In fact, I make an opposite promise. When something very prominent happens in the industry, I wait for it to develop. I wait for Jim Hedger. I wait for other people to say what they think about it, and then we add value to it in our blog by curating what happened afterwards and going this is what all the amazingly cool people think about what just happened so here's the conclusion that we can draw that's our philosophy for how we handle news and so if you decided you had a three person video crew and you were going to go out into the world and gather you would be held to your quality of service and your content mission statement but if I went out into the world and so you'd have to report it and you'd be in that uncomfortable situation if I take my crew out to do that that's not what we do we'll find the six people that did the uncomfortable interviews we'll edit the takes (laughs) from them together we'll ask them their opinion and then like that's just a different type of thought leadership so I'm not going to be in that position because that's not our mandate for how we provide content
2: fair enough
3: no I, I I've got to jump in of course and, and I want to make sure to get this question and uh, you know before the before the the close of this segment but the the idea of um, video and, and and of what you're doing I mean i I saw Jim saw it of course you connect the dots this is awesome fits right in with with what Marty does what an exciting time um, but for a lot of people I mean video itself creating a creating great video getting somebody on the ground you know like SEO was a decade ago, it's not field of dreams. You can't just create an awesome video or have somebody on the ground at this conference and pow. Uh, now all of a sudden you've, you've got all the, all the connections you want and people are following you eagerly. What else are you doing? Like when you're talking to a client and going, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're building. This is why we're building it. What else do they have to know or, or would our listeners have to know about the next step? Okay, you got
0: somebody on the ground. Now, here's what you got to do. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, it's about making relationships and solving problems the same way any other kind of content is. Let's take another quick step back and go, Um, you know, I'm a marketer and a journalist that uses a blog. I'm not a blog that does marketing and journalism. Like, it's my pen. It's my sword. It's my pulpit to share whatever messaging we need to share. And so video is video and the concept of calling it social journalism really is, nothing new whatsoever it's just a different canvas different pens okay so here's what we'll tell clients we'll go look uh, maybe we want to follow you around the factory and document what it's like to be there to talk about quality of life for potential recruits for your human resources maybe when you have your um, big client conference we want to interview 16 thought leaders and um, four featured vendors and do a series of content we'll be talking to us clients uh, we will be talking to our clients about what type of content we create with them now what it means what's the mission statement what do they do with it and if we were going to extrapolate that out to something that is richer and has more dimensions what would that look like our guess is that our life isn't going to change anymore we're just going to have cooler shit to work with I've, I've made it the mandate for our staff that they do not have to make revenue with this equipment. We, oh, built, we, built, we, we essentially built a full-blown television broadcast facility and I'm telling the same content creators who work with fortune companies use it and hiring producers and reporters. So the answer is I'm really confident that love is going to find a way about this. What would you What would you do with webcology if you had a television station to play with, you guys? I uh, get a facelift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, 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 Jim, I got I got a face for radio, babe, and I got a voice for a newspaper. <laughs> yeah.
2: And you do amazing, in, and you do and you do amazing in either venue, um, Marty. You have, by my estimation, at least twice changed the industry with your with your techniques, your practices, and your enthusiasm. Thank what you, do, thank you. Well, I got a feeling. I got a feeling that you're um, on the cusp of making another. Move that's going to make change in the industry, and you're just you know putting your futurist hat on. F- um, five years from now, what kind of impact will social journal will social journalism have on the uh, practice of social media
0: marketing? Uh, uh. Okay, well, first, if you read the industry reports about the television industry, like the kind where you've got the three local news stations, and you look at the salary survey and the employee count over, like, the last 10 years, it's a pretty dismal ride. It's kind of like a hockey stick in reverse, and it's not getting better, because the money is pouring out. Uh, The only thing that local broadcasts can contribute is hyper-local news, and anybody could come in with money and take that over. So I think you'll see internet sorts of stations take over at the local news level to an extent wherever there is money and a will. Um, That's not what we're going to be into so much at AIMCLEAR, but I predict um, sort of a migration, some mainstream sort of television broadcast journalism where you will see a percentage of that migrate, like you totally will. Case in point, I watch videos on CNN for national news a lot more than I watch NBC or CBS it's on demand the the quality is very high so the first answer to the question is you're going to see changes in the news industry that already happened years ago. It's just that marketing companies like the kind you and I hang out with don't really think of it that way. Then the next big change is in agencies that call themselves social media marketing agencies. Think of the people they're hiring. They have social media acumen. They're cool. They're literate. They're great writers. And you know what? The reporters we're talking to from television stations right now in our hiring process, they are all those things, except they package up three highly polished segments a day on no notice where they find out in the morning what it is and publish it to broadcast television. So you're going to see a heightening of the skill set in um, online marketing companies that do social media all at the same time going, you know what, um, um, slick isn't necessarily the way. Like you're going to see all different continuums of how glossy it is or how not packaged it, packaged it is. As for us, we're like studying the top 100 podcast and most important video categories and most important video engines to understand what everyone is doing. But the two big things. Local news will change the way national news has changed if that's what companies want to do. And number two, the expertise inside of social media marketing companies is not just going to be cool people who know about social media. It's going to be about people who studied journalism and psychology. They're already there. It's just not organized. And nobody's giving the agencies the tools they need to do that kind of production.
2: And now you've obviously invested um, a, a good deal of money in, in setting up a full-scale television studio on the third floor of a major building in downtown Duluth. One of the problems that content creators have had since day one on the internet, and especially people who who um, are investing a lot of money in the creation of their content, is piracy. There was a Supreme Court case recently, the Aereo case. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Are, do you have any
2: worries about that? About your content being ripped off?
0: Uh, um, content being ripped off I guess the type of content that we're creating We kind of want it ripped off that I mean, indeed. you put something on, you put something, you put something on YouTube, and you want eighty-seven people to share it. Like, I, I I'm concerned about the kind of rip-off we see with blogs already. Listen, go to any blog and copy any blog post title and paste that into Google. And depending on where you are in the country, it's a pretty appalling, or in the world, it's a pretty yeah. appalling result with other people who straight up rip it off. And no matter how Google is cool, no matter how cool they is, they can't stop that. Like, there's no way to. Really Really stop that. And you're going to get the same sort of thing with um, video as well. So I guess the answer is, is I'm confident in the American justice system that if anybody harmed us in an egregious way that we would have recourse to take it down or to... Um, I'm comfortable with that. The, the, um, the real arbiter of this is Canadian or American or British law. And I, I guess that um, we want our stuff to be shared we don't mind it being semi ripped off and we'll um, trust the jurisdiction to provide, um, um, relief. If that happens, you know what I mean? Like, a, um, like it, sure. either, either the legal systems are going to have the capacity to protect us or they're not. And there's not a lot that we could do about that. Somebody rips up, rips off your six second vine video. Whatever. Like, I hope, <laughs> you make some, hope you make some money from your shit-ass affiliate marketing and you can go buy a freaking dreamsicle at the gas station. <laughs> How we'll get- who um,
2: Who do you anticipate your uh, your initial breakthrough clients be?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. I'm so glad you asked. That's easy. Aim clear. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I work for a company where we get up at 4 in the morning and go to the amazing grocery store and get... An- ingredients for huevos rancheros and pinot noir and have 7.30 breakfasts and the whole team cooks and we're in conference rooms and we're dealing with clients and the very first thing we're going to do is completely document our life. Everything we know about marketing, we somehow learned from marketing ourselves a long time ago. We're the ones that have an unlimited budget to do anything we want because it's time and employees pay and equipment. So the first client is Aim Clear. We're gonna do a show called Live from WTF, which is our one of our conference rooms, WTF, and it'll be a weekly podcast that's about Things that are freaking inexplicable about marketing and life, and we'll have guests on. And um, then we're we're going to be shooting almost everything we do at Aim Clear to make an ongoing documentary that we're calling internally a "Be Aim Clear." And then we're entirely confident that the metaphor of how we document the life in our own company with our customers, with our vendors, with our friends, with allied media, um, with, with our lifestyle, we're, we're entirely comfortable that our clients are going to see that and they are go, wow, wow, I want some of that for my company. And we really exist first for our own clients. Like, we're, we advise content creation for companies ranging from really ingenuitive startups to, like, and companies and so what's going to happen is we're going to be in a creative meeting with our clients we're going to be figuring out the 12 blog posts for that month and we going, go, you know what we should really send, the, send somebody out to millennium park and we should ask 400 people what they think about xyz and get it a release and cut that together like i'm putting this in the court of our content creators who are on the street with our clients every day and going use it do whatever is creative don't worry about revenue. The revenue will come. Like, I just know it will. Pretty oh, much yeah. everything we've done looks like that. Looks like that.
2: So, I, by the way, I agree with you. Um, if anybody can spin this into gold, you guys can. I, I have no doubt about that. Can, uh, can we expect, um, for want of a better phrase, a reality show coming out of Duluth pretty soon?
0: Uh the short answer to that is hell yeah. Listen, <laughs> our office our office is more fun than a barrel full of monkeys, man. Like what our employees are so cool, like they're just such amazing humans. Our clients are so amazing. But I mean many of our listeners work of your listeners right now, our mutual listeners right now work in-house or work at an agency or they're solo marketers. And Hey everybody, the one thing we have in common is we pretty much have to be one of us to understand sideshow, the amazing, the wonderful, the brilliant professional circus that we live every day. It's like my 12 hour days happen in about 25 seconds. It's so amazing. um, and, and so, so yes, I, I don't know if we're calling it um, a reality show, but it certainly is real. It, it certainly is real. Um, but the, one of the first things we're going to do is document our own life. And if we think that that's interesting for the public, you can expect to see us act out in public with... Um, a show in the future. Yes. Hell yeah. Wouldn't you? would if you could document your professional life and have a team of professional producers and editors and video do it? Wouldn't you? Oh, I don't know.
2: That might appear in the, uh, fiction <laughs> section. People just wouldn't believe it. That's the problem.
0: <laughs> yeah. Again, people wouldn't, believe. you couldn't write this stuff. Just remember um, the number one rule don't take off your clothes. <laughs> no
2: worries of that. Absolutely. Okay. marvin Marty Weintraub from AimClear, uh Social Journalism 101. This was one of the more fun and interesting interviews we we have had in a while. I look forward to the to the reality show coming out of Duluth and I absolutely look forward to seeing what you guys do with the studio. Um and, and and again how that how
0: that affects the industry. Thanks for
2: the half hour, brother. It's been it's been fun.
0: I love you guys. To me, this is the definitive show in the industry on the air. Um, you've been doing it for years. It's such a privilege to speak to your audience. Thank you so much for your friendship and the opportunity. Uh, Marty, thank you. I look forward to Thanks, seeing you Marty. a couple
2: weeks in Toronto.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, um, do you know? Here's your last piece of trivia. Did you know that AIM, that InClear's office in Duluth is farther north than Toronto? I did know that. I've got it All
2: right, <laughs> and you can have it. You can, it's awfully cold <laughs> up there. You can have it, uh, Marty uh, from uh, from Aim Clear in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you again, friends. The pleasure of, was entirely mine. Safe travels, everybody. Indeed, uh, friends. That was and remains Marty Weintraub of again founder and um, chief character, I guess at the uh, at the new uh, Aim Clear. <laughs> <The> new and <laughs> <new> clear <laughs> reality show. Um, you know what? We are so over time to take a break. We are our, our sponsors must be digging to their heels, jumping up and down, and all that sort of stuff. So on behalf of our on behalf of our sponsors and Dave Davies from like SEO, this is Jim Man, always media. You're listening to Webcology on Webmaster It's the first of May. Happy May Day. We are gonna be back after these messages sit tight and don't move Webcology will be back after this short break at BruceClay.com. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the 18th Annual International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, Certificate of Achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our
3: expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The
2: call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 30th, 2014. Go to www.webaward.org www.webaward.org and sign up today. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere.
0: Commercial's off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Devens. Hey
2: everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 1st of May, 2014. Uh, we kind of had a topsy turvy show. We just had a fun segment with uh, Marty Weintraub from Aim Clear and uh, Dave. I mean, like, I, I, I got to tell you, every time I go on the air with with, with Marty, I get nervous because you're never sure how to interview him, eh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> but you know it's going to be fun. Indeed. You never have any <laughs> idea where that man's going, and uh, I'm really glad he took us the places he took us. Um, I the industry. I mean, we've been saying this for, for a, few, a few years now. Anyway, the industry is changing rapidly, and it's, it's really hard to recognize where it is now from where we broke out, like, say, 15 years ago, eh?
3: Yeah, Oh, for sure.
2: After that interview, imagine five years into the future, Alive. Well, and a and, uh, direction I wanted to go with Marty, but of course, you know,
3: we could interview him for uh, all day and, and still so end up with stuff at the end. But uh, something I'm going to be interested to watch would have loved his take on was, are we seeing the earliest stages of a, a, that transition point and, and who's going to win it is traditional um, television journalism going to take over, uh, you know, advance properly into Internet and become that like become the the video um you know sort of news on the internet or you know like marty's talking getting on the ground getting to you know into conferences getting into you know are we seeing the earliest stages of you no know, the internet and and sort of from a more social media angle that area moving over as we become well, we start to have the resources to really do what needs to be done, like Marty's doing right now at the at the first stages. So it's going to be really, really interesting to watch that over the next few years. And we know that the medium themselves is merging television and, and, and Internet. You know, Netflix sure did that. Um, so it, it's going to be really, really, really interesting to watch. Um, and yeah, as you call it, it's a far cry from back when... Remember when there were 13 engines? Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Remember when you, you could just it. change a few things, hit, uh, you know, add URL, and five minutes later, you saw what the changes did to the rankings?
2: <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I'm a, we'll, we'll get back to this TV, this newfangled TV on the sort of thing in a few moments, okay? But I want to tell you, a few weeks ago, I'm, 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 I've talked about that large network of WordPress sites that we're running for one of the international students in Canada, right? <laughs> Yeah. A few weeks ago, um, our head SEO, uh, Bria Jordan and I, were um, we're doing some experiments on on some of those sites. And I'm telling you, I took, I should say, we took a page, a website that was not ranking under a keyword phrase it should have been ranking under. We changed we changed an H two and added one paragraph of text on one of the pages. Mm-hmm. This week it's number two. And it wasn't anywhere, I swear to you, it wasn't anywhere to be found. And this is the extent of changes we made. We changed an H2, and we added a paragraph. Interesting. Obviously, um, the site had enough sort of there's lot, Certainly, there's a lot of other stuff behind it. Certainly. But to, to those who say, I mean, like, you can't um, affect change as an SEO anymore. That's not true
3: well you know what that ties really really well into the the video that uh, mr. cutts had put out quite clever I don't know if you you had a chance to watch it yet um, just a couple well, might have been yesterday might have been the the day's kind of blur uh, when you're talking about the the access to information that we have uh, but it's basically uh, 40 I think it's 43 seconds and and basically he's confirming hey your body content matters it's clever because I think he's wearing a green shirt to green screen it and made his whole body clear with just a head floating uh, but he basically basically saying <laughs> no no, no, no T rex, um, but yeah, basically confirming exactly what you're saying, yes, Google needs this copy, and they are relying on us um, to provide content that they can understand um, and format it, as you call it with the the h2 um, you know formatted in a logical way that 's a true representation of the priority of the content and how it segments out on the page. I mean it just yep. what that
2: else are they going to use? I don't know why it seems so complicated, folks. I mean, I, you know what? Our work here is done. We're going home now.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> really, that's what it is: making content accessible, understandable, and available. Yeah,
3: and it's uh-huh. funny because we, you know, we talked just moments ago about the huge changes in our industry from you know 13 years ago to now. But even 13 years ago, at its core that's your job. <laughs> I like, think that's what we were trying to do. It was a little more, it was simplistic back then with a little, you know, keyword density mattered and stuff. But, you know, at the end, that's what we were talking about. That's why we hated flash <laughs> it was because it violated all that.
0: i
2: I uh, <laughs> still do. Yeah. I know wow. they keep saying, Oh, we got it this time. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you okay, don't. Just give up. okay. So uh, uh, legal department, um, wake up, Adobe's suing us again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know what? That was one of the sites that was down, so they got other things to worry about. Because I was in the Creative Cloud area, and nope, couldn't get in there. So they got other. So Adobe,
2: you owed us this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, when you when you make new content and you put a new website up, one of the things you got to do—that's it's, it's critical. You got to inform people that it's out there. You got to let the world know it's out there. You got to let the search engines know it's out there, or how's anybody going to know it's out there, right? right? And one of the primary methods of doing that for forever has been to you know use a a uh, well written press release.
3: And one of the oh, I thought. Is, see, now I just got an email telling me I needed to submit to five hundred thousand uh, directories. Is this okay?
2: It's the way that you used to do it. Okay, but again, I, I'm leading up to something. I'm leading up to something here, okay? All right. Yesterday, in um, Google's continuing crackdown on what it considers, for want of a better term, unhealthy link networks, PR Web got hit. Our friend, PR Web, a press release service, and yeah, okay, I know a lot of uh, there's a lot of spam and junky press releases. But there's a lot of good stuff in press releases too. Yeah. And PR Web got the same treatment that my blog guest got. That uh the that uh what was it the the, the it um I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name of the uh, the blog network that I hit last week. But it was stunning. Gion's company, like uh, uh PR Web. I was you know I I'm you know I didn't
3: know it until you just mentioned it. A, am I surprised? Um no, but <laughs> with, you know this is another one I I, I think this I, I'm sure you you're going to agree with me here. Um What I guess, maybe it's good for those of us that are, you know, that actually understand how to view scenarios (laughs) like this. My fear is, though, hey, if I start talking about a press release with a client, are they going to go, oh, no, like they did with guest blogging, right? All guest blogging is horrible. The sky is falling. Are they going to do the same thing? Uh, You know, and and PR Web is owned by Vocus. Vocus has some other you know, very different services regarding press releases out there. So, you know, hat tip to them, Um, you know, that allow a much more. And this, you know, it's clear why Google had a problem with PR web. Yeah. You just fire anything out there, right? (laughs) And they pretty much accepted it. there wasn't a really good solid quality control on what was going on in there. Um, But, you know, you look at, at, at other services and, and press releases, it has to go back. And I'm sure you agree to what it was, right? If I'm contacting individuals and sending them a press release because you know, Marty or Marty, great example, uh, you know, puts out a press release, sends it over to, you know, Mashable and then some tech sites and some social media, you know, news um, sites about, you know, is his growth here makes perfect sense. Press releases aren't bad, <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, PR web, I, I, I get why I mean, I you know no, I'm no ill wishes for, for anybody over there but I do understand why it's it's like like guest blogging I do understand why because there wasn't the quality control there needed to be um, and it was being used as a link building method just to fire out press releases whereas what it's meant to be is a link building method in I got this in front of a reporter and that reporter called me up and wanted to interview me right or at least write about this thing not just oh, okay here's a press release copy paste and it goes and that's that's what PR web had gotten to be
2: okay well that's a fair assessment. And it's, I mean, it's, 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 hard when you start a business that does one thing and then, you know, um, people take it to do another, Something else. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, i again, I'm, I was surprised to see it. Um, I'm curious what is next. You know, there was, there was an article that was published in Business Insider last week. Oh, I'm sorry, early this week, a, uh. Did you see it? Um, the great Larry Page's second comeback?:
3: Oh, no, across my radar, but I didn't get a chance to read it yet.
2: Well worth the read. it took. It's a long article. It's a very long article. For Business Insider, it's uh, "War and Peace, in fact. Um, <laughs> it's a two, it's a two-pager. It takes about a half hour to read. And again, Warren, uh, Business Insider is, you know, very much like the buzzfeed of business publications. Every once in a while, even the worst team hits one out of the park. And uh, this article is so worth the read. I honestly think I understand Google a lot better now that I understand where Larry Page is coming from. It's a great article, way worth the read. And one of the one of the lines I got out of that article, and I, this this absolutely applies to the way Google is treating link networks, is that the scale Google is working at, they accept that just by nature, there's going to be collateral damage. And that's part of the that's just part of the playground they work in yeah now for us that's a little bit more difficult as a matter of fact a uh, victoria based and I'm, I'm struggling to find his name I was going to ask if you know this fellow there was a uh, uh, well I'll have his name after next break I promise it was a piece that was published yesterday on the morality of Google the morality of um Of uh, cutting large network segments of the web, or you know, just cutting websites straight off the off the search engine. Given the importance of Google to findability, to you know, any any amount of web traffic, and the folks over at Facebook and the folks over at Twitter can say that they're stealing all this traffic from Google and stuff. But the truth is, without a search, a search is still driving fifty percent plus of traffic. Yeah, And when you get kicked off the search engine, for whatever reason, especially if you're just collateral damage, you hadn't actually done anything yourself, but you're associated with people who did something wrong, (laughs) the pain, you know, like, for Google, uh, um, $10,000 is lunch money. Yeah. For a small business, ten thousand dollars is the difference between paying your kids college tuition or not paying your kids college tuition. Yeah, it's 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 important. Yeah, right? it sure is. Yeah, and so there's a question of morality. Can knowing it's creating creating permanent casual or uh, permanent collateral damage, a class of website that is going to have a dark mark on it like forever. Is Google acting in a moral and ethical manner? You know, by, by casting the wide net of punishment.
3: You know what? I think we have to go to break, but I think that's a great one for us to <laughs> ponder over the next minute, and then uh, and then come back to. I know that because uh, Brasco has just put "please"
2: into my
0: comment about going uh, to a break. Okay, I get it. I get it. We're gonna break. Okay, friends. <laughs>
2: We're going to take a really quick break here on Webcology on Webmaster Radio FM on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim Hedger from, Dig- from Digital Always Media. We're going to come back. We're going to quickly discuss the, uh, met- oral, b- 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 the morals and ethics of Google. Then we're going to talk about Google Plus. Then we're going to be done. But first, these messages.
0: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking,
2: you should be using Authority
0: Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few for millions of keywords. What you need is authoritylabs.com. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Search Kingdom. We explore the world of search marketing, give in-depth analysis inside the important industry headlines, and interview with the most important industry thought leaders. Search Kingdom, on demand inside the search engine optimization channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Radio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger
2: and Dave Davis. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is May the 1st, 2014. We only have a few minutes left for this segment. I I blame that Marty Weintraub fellow being so darn interesting to tell you the truth. Um, okay. Two things. Um, number one, a a uh, piece that was published called Confessions of a Black Cat Is Matt Cuts a Fraud by Josh Bucknisky from Victoria, British Columbia, in his blog, themoralconcept.net. Um, definitely worth a read. Go to themoralconcept.net. Very, very first article uh, today um, Confessions of a Black Cat Is Matt Cuts a Fraud? This is a story of Josh going to PubCon and confronting Matt Cuts in a hallway full of um, Cuts groupies. And having a philosophical conversation on the ethics of the wide net penalty. It's a great article. Well, well worth the read. Um, another yeah, one of those that... Sorry? Sorry, Dave? I was just
3: going to say, I, I I pulled it up, added it to my bookmarks just to make sure I get to it. And Yeah, when you say it's a long article... <laughs> What you mean point. is uh, there's uh Matt Cutts has done some patents that might be a little smaller than this. Uh, <laughs> but you're right, it does look really interesting. It is.
2: Okay, so that that's one that I want to put on uh listeners' reading lists because it's way worth reading. The uh we only got a couple minutes. I'm gonna throw the question out and we uh I guess we just free forward debate to the end of the show. Jennifer Slag asked this question in uh Search Engine Watch today. Um um, and she asked another question I guess last week Vic Gundorta left, uh, left Google he was the guy who was in charge of integrating everything into Google Plus he's actually one of the last guys of, one of the last of the old corehood of Google Ipes and he left the company um, uh, two weeks ago since then people have been talking on the death watch of Google Plus to the point where uh, this morning it was asked in uh, Search Engine Watch has um, has Facebook completely beaten Google Plus. So I'm um, throwing it out there, Dave. What do you think? Uh, oh, no a
3: dead duck. I don't think so. Um, now this is just me and and. I had the initial take on on this. Heck, I wrote an article that got just destroyed over on Search Engine Watch. Uh, You know, a couple months after Google Plus launched, basically going, here's why it's not going to be a Facebook killer. It was true, and it was was sort of being touted as a, you know, social media, Facebook alternative kind of thing. I mean, I don't know how much further into Big Brother you can get, though, why you jump from Facebook over to Google Plus from a social media standpoint. But, um, you know, I mean... at the end of the day, I think I was, at the time of that writing, sort of taking Google's word for it and going, hey, this is a social thing. No, it's not. I, I think Google+, Plus, and, and it may be why, they're, why he, he exited, um, is it's not, it's not meant to be that. We think of it as that because it has this interaction, connection of people's. But do I actually think that Google really cares about google plus from that context or do i think they needed to build an infrastructure and start to gain an understanding of the interconnectivity between people albeit mostly a bunch of nerds who jumped on google plus um you know do i think they more wanted to get that and then transition i mean everybody's gonna have a google plus profile if you're on google um you know is that more transition point on to getting a better understanding of the web and basically putting an ID tag on me whether I know I have a Google Plus profile or not and sort of automatically creating these things. And I think from Google Plus as the standpoint of a challenge to Facebook, yeah, I I don't think it's a battle they ever really thought to win per se. Um, But from the standpoint of do I think they're going to accomplish with Google Plus what they want to, Yes, and it's definitely going to change from what it is, but either way, I think it, it's going to be a success as far as a technology advancement for Google and their understanding of people.
2: Okay. Um, there's been a lot of reorganization around Google+. Um, it looks as if... Uh, well, the rumors are... I shouldn't say it looks as if because it's like we all have a... <laughs> Crystal ball access into the Google Plus, but it does feel like they're pulling back on um, on the importance of Google Plus, shall we say, as a as a place to deposit your material. Um, what do you think is going to happen with them? Is it, is it, are they going? Is Google Plus going to stay the same? Is it going to be go the way of Google Base? What, what do you reckon? I'm going to, you know, go out and
3: get, you're right. We're all kind of guessing based on, you know, past information that we have or or seeing what it is. Um, You know, I I think it's going to change dramatically. I think as this like place I go to copy, you know, put in a little snippet of my blog post and dump it in there and have pages and stuff like that. From that context, I don't see it remaining the way it is. I won't say dying, but I don't see it remaining the way it is. Um, But from the context of a place where I, I go and set myself up and go, I'm this person, I work for this company, here's the places that I write, here's my authorship tag, here's, you know, and and the place where I go to connect the dots um, between things, which is really what I think they were trying to get at, is having that one access point. I think they just needed to collect the data, like the early days of link building or or, or their link, you know, page rank model. Um, I think they needed an early point of going, okay, what... We need to know when people are linking themselves up to all this stuff and to their companies. Let's let them also connect with each other so we can start to get a map of how this all works. Well, they've got that there's there's millions upon millions of people they they kind of got that at this point and they understand what we're doing in there so now they can sort of phase that back and go we don't need you here all the time you're only here six minutes a month anyway (laughs) you know we just now we know the model we know what you do now we can start to apply that and so i think it's going to change into more that centralized location where you go to tie yourself to your
2: other properties Okay, and it sounds like we gotta go. Uh, on our way out, I want to congratulate um, uh, 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 Laura LePay and Donna Look-a-D- Dana LeCadieu. They sold um, the uh, Headshot Panda and Blood-Tiered Penguin. I'm sorry, Dave, your bid wasn't it. It went for 580 or something. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Dana. Dana um, Next week, we're going to be coming back, uh, having a... Well, actually, don't know no, what we're talking about next week. Probably Google or something or another. <laughs> uh, thanks to Marty Weintraub for being on the show. Friends, watch out. a Penguin, Penguin 3 is just below the surface. Coming to get ya. you. You've been listening to Web College and WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. Dave Davis from Measoc SEO. Stay tuned to WebmasterRadio.fm. More great stuff coming up after the news.